This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. So here we go again. It's a Friday. It's a rare Friday night version of the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. I'm joined this week by just part of our usual cast of characters. I only have senior editor of Hot Time in Old Town. I have Pat with me tonight. So Hi. It's great to be with you, TJ, on this lovely Friday night of quarantine. Friday night of quarantine. The weather is pretty well crap. The kids are <laughs> the kids are crashing right and left. So Pat. How are you doing? I it's my favorite question I feel like to ask right now. Just how are you doing? Uh I'm healthy and everybody I know is healthy, so I, I guess I can't complain too much, but am am I going crazy a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I am. <laughs> Could not couldn't agree with you more. Um as this goes on. How is being a parent? I mean, we're both dads. How are the kids doing? Um, they're fighting quite a bit. Uh, I mean, they don't, they, they've had, you know, school and soccer and playing with their friends outside all kind of taken away from them. And so it's pretty much, they have to play with each other all the time. And, and that is inevitably going to lead to fights. So there's a lot of, a uh, lot of dealing with that, which is, is as a parent, pretty frustrating, but you know, we're doing our best. So. I will say I've done uh, for hot time. It's related to the first couple things you wanted to talk about, TJ. I've done a couple cool interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a few. I, I actually interviewed Demarcus Beasley last week and uh, Tyler Terrens, the uh, new play-by-play guy for the Fire. I interviewed him today for a piece that's coming out. If I can get it done over the weekend, uh, the kids are really what's holding that back, probably. Um, but every interview I do, I try to escape upstairs to my bedroom. Uh, close the door, and I have not done a single interview in the last month where at least one child or the dog didn't walk into the room. It is impossible to escape for for 20 minutes. Um, I could tell them all I want. I have to talk to Demarcus Beasley. I want this to go fairly well. Let's not mess this up. And then one of them is upstairs crying. Inevitably. <laughs> Is it, is, 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 it ra- is it random which one it is, or is it, is it usually younger? Oh, it's usually the younger, yeah. Okay. It, and it's usually because the younger will get the hair-brained idea to go up and bother me during it, because he's just got to. He's got that itch. The older <laughs> one will try to stop him from doing it. Then a fight will ensue. There will be The older one will hit the younger one, and then the younger one will walk in and say, he hit me. I'm like, I don't want I don't care. Just, I don't So I've got... Away. I've gotten actually pretty smooth, I think, at uh, throwing the phone off. Because I do it on speaker so I can roll a second recorder just in case something goes wrong. Uh, I, I throw the phone back on the you know on the handheld, put it up to my ear, kind of walk over to the corner. I start pointing vigorously at the door. I start mouthing, get out, get out, now. I start mount, like, like pointing, mouthing. <laughs> it doesn't work. Now, 
when you interview when you as you've interviewed these the the players that you've that you've had to interview with, the ones that are parents, are they busy laughing at this? Are they sympathetic or how is that uh, kind of? Working? I don't know if bees heard it. Um, and I know I I think I wrote this on Hot Time when I interviewed Jonathan Bornstein a few weeks ago. His mm-hmm. girls were being every bit as loud, if not louder, than my boys. And I was actually really excited to hear that because I knew that not only did I have that cushion if they ran in the room, but also that the person, you know, Bornstein would understand completely what was happening if there was screaming children in the background. And so, like, I had this, um, this, uh, comfort level. Yeah. Like before this started, like I had this notion that like, there's no way that could ever happen. And I think the one good thing about, there's a few good things that have come out of this, I think. But one of them is that from a working from home standpoint, people on the other end of these calls are now more understanding or at least the parents themselves, maybe they were understanding the whole time. You know, but like the parents always felt like this. You have this guilt if you're a parent that like, you know, things are crashing and burning on on your end. Mm -hmm. I think you're you realize that everybody's kind of in this together and people are understanding. So it's um, because it is difficult. It's difficult when I want to sit and write something and they want to go outside and play and they want me to come. Well, what you know? I have to make a choice. I'm, I'm either going to leave my work alone or I'm going to leave my kids alone. And I usually uh, go outside and play with the kids and just do the work at night or something. So sure. And uh, it, it's, it's a hard balancing act, but no, and, and it, it, I yeah. couldn't, I, I, it, so my job, I am part, I'm on the phones part of the day and it happened today. And I, and I, and the reason why I, I think what you're saying is very, very relevant. It's very, very true. It happened to me. It's it's happened, but today it was more than anything. Katie, my my wife had a Zoom meeting. She's a teacher with her students. As this meeting's about to start, my two year old decides I'm going to throw the mother of all fits for some reason, unbeknownst to the world. But in her life, something was wrong. She brings her downstairs, sets her down right in front of my office, while I'm on the phone with the cust with the with the client. At the same time, the client, meanwhile, is a parent herself and is laughing hysterically as this is going on. And you could just tell the sympathy like she would give would have given MG a hug if she could have just like and within two minutes, the baby got her snuggle in. She went out to the trampoline right by the office and started jumping up and down and life was good again. I don't know how this happens. But I think you're right that everybody who's a parent specifically sympathizes, empathizes, and they know if you're going through it that their turn's going to be soon. Doesn't matter yeah. the age of the kid. Yeah. Doesn't matter the age of the kids. Something's going to come up and it's going to have to it's going to happen to them. I saw and I, I want to dive diverge for just for a quick I saw something Bill Simmons had written years ago when his kids were young. And he was talking about being on an airplane and he said when you see parent and 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 you've flown with your kids before, it, when your kids act up, you felt so embarrassed mm-hmm. because how is everybody else? And what you realize when you're the parent that when the other kid parents, if you see the parents trying, you're like, my kids, it's going to happen to me at some point. Or you sympathize again. You then sympathize or you've with been them through that. Yeah. You, or you've, you've been through it yeah. already. Like right. they said, 
and he said like all the older people around him were you could tell we're just almost trying to like what can i do to help you're trying it's like don't worry about it you'll get through it and that's just kind of how it works but you're seeing it a lot more in your face now because everybody is stuck working from home and i i tell you you talk you mentioned your kids coming up and fighting it doesn't matter if my phone's gonna ring and i don't know when it's going to it doesn't matter they're going to start fighting i i feel like that's almost like a precursor like you know when you get older you, you get aches and you know the weather's going south that kind of thing if my kids are fighting, I'm getting a phone call. That's just how it's going to work. And especially <laughs> if it's in my office, that they're going to do it. They're going to fight about something. Dad, he's looking at me. Dad, he's touching. You go to your... My, my oldest has grounded my middle, my middle, I think, four or five times today alone. I don't know if he has that power, but he thinks he does. Uh, yeah, my oldest thinks he can. He's a parent, too. <laughs> it's just a thing. So... <laughs> I guess the, at the end of it is, it's it, it's it's been weird on us. Like you said, you hit you hit it right at the beginning. You've taken them away from their friends. You've taken them away from their soccer friends, from their school friends. You've taken them away from their lives. They got to take it out somewhere, and they take it out on each other. So, if you're a parent and you're listening to this, it happens. Just keep your heads up, keep driving, keep playing. It, it will get better. I don't know when, but we <laughs> we hope at some point it'll get better. But yeah, I'm gl- I mean, I guess I'm really glad though that everybody's happy and health or everybody's healthy in your house. I mean, that's kind of the that's the that's the important piece of all of this. Um, so you got to interview Tyler Terrence, you got to interview Devarcus Beasley. As and I, you know, as a previous host of US Fan TV, you're I know you're you're a DMB fan. How cool was that to be? I mean, how did how hard was it to separate? being the fan and being the interviewer so that's a good question so uh i don't like i don't get nervous before interviews typically ever Mm -hmm. i've interviewed enough people i mean i've I've interviewed like barack obama and 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 lots of like hollywood actresses and like i i don't typically get nervous i'm good at treating them as you know a normal person to make them put them at ease. So they give you better answers. I'm, but, uh, with DeMarcus, I, it was set up and I was going to call him. And before I was right before I was supposed to call, like my heart was beating. I'm like, and I think what it was, was not that I was nervous at my own ability to do the interview. I was nervous that I would end up not liking somebody that I've really admired for so long. So like, he is kind of a, a, he's a soccer hero of mine. And, you know, in my mind, one of the greatest national team players of all time. And I'm like, I think that's what it was. When I look back on it, I'm like, I think I was nervous that I would hate this guy. And I ended up loving the guy. Like he is, he was so fun to talk to and, and so kind and smart and funny and just so happy to do the interview. Like he was, he was actually genuinely excited to talk to me about the, the story, which was, the day that he played for the U.S. men's national team at Soldier Field and then played for the Chicago Fire immediately after. Like, a lot of times in the 90s, guys would play on a Saturday and then on a Sunday. None of this happens anymore, but DeMarcus played 30 minutes after the game started, and he was on the bench and and got in for the the last 30 minutes of that game. Like, he, he did two games in one night in the same stadium for two different teams, and I was there that day with Chris, and when you would Google that moment, there was almost no mention of it. And I'm like, I have a chance 
to write the history of that day. And I'm like, I, and so that, that's popped into my head. I'm like, I can be the one who puts that out there for people when they Google DeMarcus's name, that they would learn that he did this. And so, uh, you know, I, I pitched it to Houston Dynamo. I, I went through them to, to get, they were the most recent team he played for, obviously. And, and mm-hmm. they came back and said, yeah, he's, he's game for it. So, and here, here, here's his contact info. Here you go. So, and he was, he was amazing. And I, I really liked the way the story turned out and it had added meaning because it was my, my first U S match and my first fire match that I attended in person. So in 2004, so um, yeah, it was, it was a very cool moment. And, and, and having read the piece, and if you haven't, definitely go on Hot Time in Old Town and check it out. If you're a fan of U.S. soccer or you're just a fan of, you know, I guess weird is almost the right term, history, historical events. I mean, no, I don't remember anybody really doing it subsequent to that, that they've been able to do it. But you could definitely tell in the piece that he he was excited to talk about it. You You definitely conveyed that well. Like, he was the way you, you framed it and did a great job with it. And it seems like it was just honest writing is he definitely wanted to, he's like, wow. Yeah. Like somebody's like, somebody remembers this and wants to talk about this. This is awesome. You know, cause yeah. for him as he, you know, he's, he's, he's not a kid anymore. This, this is what, like he's, what was he 22 at the time, I believe, or yeah, somewhere around exactly. there. And yeah. you know, he, that somebody remembers that and he's like, I can't do it anymore, but I did this. I actually did this. And it, and it, no, it was a great piece. And so for those who haven't checked it out, please do. Cause it was, it was definitely, uh, it's a read worth going through. So, um, so you got Tyler Terrence on deck and is there other things coming up on hot time that you're, I've got one that I don't want to talk about yet, but I think okay. it's going to be absolutely hilarious. But the Tyler piece uh, for, for those of Tyler Terrence is a guy who, even if you don't know his name, you've heard him call a game. If you're a soccer fan, like he's, he, he in the United States, in the United, in the United States, States yes. it, he's called uh, pretty much everything. Like, and it's in all of it was through a company in Florida that basically was a third party company that people would hire to call games off monitors and produce the the games. Um, so Tyler would sit there in his studio and he would do uh, a game in, a, in, say, a Gold Cup game in Charlotte. Uh, at 7 p.m. and then at 10 p.m. he's doing Phoenix Rising. Like it was, and it was, uh, you know, he is, he's only 26 years old. And the grind that this dude put in to be able to do what he does now is, you know, play-by-play man for the fire. He did get to do one game before the the shutdown happened, but um, it's a cool story. And the story about how he, got the idea to be a play-by-play guy in the first place is absolutely hilarious. And I'm going to make sure that makes it into the piece too. So um, it, it, it's, it's, a, he's a good guy and, and it's, a, it's going to be a story about a guy who did things the right way, put in the work, grinded it out and, and was successful. I, I love stories like that. And, and for those, and anybody who hasn't listen to Tyler doing a Phoenix rising game or even the one Chicago fire game or the work he's done, I believe with Fox sports, with um, the CONCACAF champions league, he is in the fact that he's so young. If he stays at this, his entire career, he is going to be one of the greatest announcers of soccer announcers in this, that this country's ever had because he comes at it from a standpoint. He's, he's a soccer player. So mm-hmm. for him to call the game, for him, it was almost as much to learn the announcing piece as it was the soccer piece because he already had the soccer piece. 
And that's it's doing the play by play and being able to already understand the game and not have to learn it is going to make him one of the great American announcers, you know, in that sense. And that's and it, you're right. It comes across. I've, I I started watching with Phoenix Rising and he, he was great there and I, I was ecstatic. He's with the fire and I can't wait for that to restart just to hear him again, you know, and yeah, that was. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that as well. I mean, that'll be that'll be a good time. So yeah, um, it's. I mean, he's a guy who uh, he got the gig because Tony Miola put him up for it. Basically, Tony Miola is like, I got your guy because the Fire were looking for somebody who could be the regular play-by-play guy when Arlo White wasn't available to be the superstar guy drops in from England play-by-play guy that he was scheduled to be and, and hopefully still will get to be. Um, this summer, but, uh, it's, you know, I I don't know what's going to happen with that yet, but, but Tyler was kind of the perfect pick because if you have an Arlo, you take a guy who, you know, is an up and comer and, and can do some work for the club and learn from Arlo at the same time. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I'm excited for him. And and I think that, you know, you'll, you'll learn some cool stuff about him in the piece. If I can actually do a nice job at it, we'll see. So, well, based on the other work, I, I have a lot of confidence in that. I mean, your your pieces just they they're great, and I I understand. I mean, I know it's hard to read some soccer, a lot of soccer content right now because it just it almost makes you sad to a degree. Because as much as I want to read, as much as I like listening to podcasts, it's almost hard because it's like, man, it's not coming back soon though. It almost makes me yeah. Sad. And there's like an there's an overload right now because there's a, a lot of people going in a lot of different directions. But one of the directions that that I like people are going and that I'm trying to go is telling stories about things that happened in the past. Like it, like the the Beasley piece was something that was you know I, I think that people missed, or whether it's what happened to this guy or what's he doing now, or the Last Dance, which everybody's you know eating up on ESPN about the the '90s Bulls. Um, it almost feels like there's an overwhelming amount of stuff. Like I feel like I'm like, oh yeah, I wanted to read that, or oh yeah, I wanted to watch that. That that's going on right now, um, which is kind of a good problem to have because we don't have real sports to watch. Um, no, we we have esports, the the mob the mob influenced um, Belarusian league, yeah, right? Yeah, and I did an esports piece this week too. It, I could see myself getting into it, but I'm not totally there yet. But I, I would say when uh, when uh, Fox Sports 1 did the the EMLS thing with – they had Francisco Calvo uh, play for the fire, and then their, their eSports guy played the second leg. I actually cheered out loud when Calvo hit the winner using Robert Barich uh, in, the, in the fire's first leg that they advanced out of because I, I'm like – well, maybe there is something here. I always said I don't care about esports, but obviously a lot of people do. So, and it's it's a fast growing thing. So maybe sure. that's the next thing we'll see. Well, and and you know it's funny you and I were texting back and forth about that a little bit. And like you, I'm not a huge esports. It's not something I've really typically gotten into. I try I try here and there. I, I mean, I can think back to when I was living in an apartment years ago. I'd I would sit and watch my roommate. While we were drinking a ton of beer, he we'd be doing um, what one of the one of the shooter games, and I'd sit and watch, and I'd help, you know, 
it'd be fun, but I never got into it. But occasionally on when TBS would have on the eSports League, I'd watch it late night, and that'd be about it. But never really got fully into it. Um, but what, what, after reading up about Enrique Espinoza, who's the Fire's EMLS player, mm-hmm. he, it was. It, it, I'm curious to see to see it. Now I remember you texting me in that and saying, "Up, oh, Calvo gave up a penalty." I'm going, "Oh, God, that was real, funny." Real life, real life goes right yeah. there. And Willie, so when you check this out, yes, we had a laugh that Calvo gave up a penalty. You said he saved it, correct? Yeah, he he, he had. It's weird talking about this in this sense, but like Kronholm saved the penalty, but Calvo was on the controller when he did. So, uh, <laughs> yes, Calvo saved it. Um, After Calvo gave up a Calvo gave yeah. up a penalty. Go figure. With himself, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> um, it was early on too. It was like it just a like I think he slid in from the back or something crazy. Like, and he, Calvo's pre-legitimately good at, at FIFA, but. Um, but yeah, I could get into that. Maybe I'll probably watch, I'll probably watch on Sunday again. So sure. And I, and I, and I know we've talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it on air, but, um, on, on the show, but on off the E NASCAR, I watch, I think that's pretty funny stuff. Um, or pretty good. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of intrigue going on there. Well, now there is. <laughs> yeah. I but felt kind of bad. The one week that the, the, the guy rage quit. Bubba Wallace. Is that right? Yes. Bubba Wallace. And then the next, the next week, the guy dropped the, uh, the guy got, the guy got fired. Yeah, he dropped uh, the n and the n word for some yes. stupid crazy reason. Like I like there's ever a good reason, but like it it was just completely randomly thrown in when he thought people couldn't hear him. Like I I, I like why would you do that around any kind? Like, why? But uh, but then the two stories were kind of lumped together. Like oh, a guy got mad and quit, and then the next week there was an n bomb dropped. Well, they get, like, they get tied they get tied together because. Bubba Wallace is the only Afri- right. African American in it, so they had to talk. <laughs> I get, I get tying it together in that sense. I don't get tying it together like, oh, one bad thing happened, and oh, another bad thing happened. I'm like, well, the one wasn't nearly as bad as the other, <laughs> and they're not, re- and they're not related. <laughs> I know, like just because they both, like, seriously. I love the fact that Bubba Wallace rage quit. To be honest, I mean, how many times have we done That's that? Entertaining, play? yes. <laughs> it's it it is entertaining. It, it is so. No, that the the piece on um, the EMLS that w- it was good stuff. Um, so definitely, like I said, I, it got me curious. I'm like, I'll probably watch a little bit of it when it comes back on. Yeah, I mean, again, in a in a full sports spectrum, no, not so much. But we're not in a full sports spectrum right now. Nope. We have the Belarusian league. I guess Taiwan baseball is going on. Korea is in spring training. The Bundesliga Bundes- is coming back. That's going to maybe maybe yeah. It, they they are ready. They have a plan in place, but it's all subject to the German government's approval. Right. And last I checked, she's really not willing to put her foot on the gas on this one. There's Angela, also Angela Merkel. She's kind of being very hesitant, being very cautious. And it's amazing what happens when you have leadership of that quality of just being very deliberate, being very open and honest with things. So um, the. Uh... The MLS studio idea that we talked about. Sure. Uh, I am hearing okay. that potentially those games, like we, I had it in my head that like, oh, the fire would play at Soldier Field, but those games might be moved. And I'm not saying Toyota Park or Sea Creek, whatever. It, it might be moved to a, a way different venue. 
there's it's, I, and it's possible that, that that will be the case like it'll be there literally will be like almost a controlled studio that they will play at so I, I'm correct. sure they're still working that out but that would be very interesting well and that's and that's why um, I, I think when the last show we did talk about this a little bit with Major League Baseball that they're going to looking at doing the cat like at one point it's the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League because those are controlled environments every in for baseball it works well because every team has a headquarters mm-hmm. in those for their spring training sites so you have seven or eight stadiums you have 14 or 15, you so you can already schedule it that way but those become very controlled environments you don't have fans so you don't need to have huge stadiums you just need to have stadiums yeah and we're with camera setups with camera setups and, and it, those, every spring yeah. training baseball site does if you were to take MLS and say put it in Florida and I, I, I because and I use Florida because they have said pro sports are essential functions, so you already have that option. I assume Arizona would if they were going to be the same way. Florida doesn't get quite as hot, but you could put games at any one of those college stadiums that have grass. You have Tampa Bay's, you have Orlando's stadiums. You know, you have seven or eight stadiums in a, in a smaller area, so you have those controlled settings already in place. And that's where it becomes easier. Texas, I guess, would be another one. You need to, Cal- California doesn't sound like has any interest in doing it, so I don't think California being an option. But you have to have a state willing to do it as well. But you need to have enough stadiums in a controlled setting that are reasonably close. And that's why I think Florida becomes an option, So does and, and so does Texas. Florida, realistically, you could put them on the wild world, the sports complex, and then the, um, what in Bradenton or whatever the the old academy was. And you've got fields there. I mean, <laughs> and they and they have camera setups. So yeah, it, it's. Uh, I mean, there's a lot up in the air right now, but, but sure. Uh, I, I hope we're able to get. And I know for MLS, they're in the weird position where um, they're more reliant on game day revenue than the other professional sports. They don't have as big of a TV contract. Baseball can has an incentive to play the games, whether there's fans Correct. there or not. The ML, MLS. They could be in a position where it actually costs them money because of the operating costs of running a stadium. So a smaller stadium would probably be, in theory, cheaper to control the costs of uh, and might help them out in that regard. I'm I'm speculating here, but it makes sense. Um, But the thing that worries me about MLS right now is is this uh, this idea that was thrown out that the players would take up to a 50 percent pay cut. Sure. It's April. It's almost May. They've almost been paid fifty percent of their salary for so, the- it, and that's and that's why they keep talking about like this pay cut sounds bigger than it is. It's what from what's left on their contracts, and that's for the deal. So is that confirmed? Um, the, everything I've read, that's the case. It's because it's they're not that's, giving money back. It'd okay. be a fifty percent pay cut on what's left, or it, so when they say they're going to take a seventy-five percent pay cut, it's on what's left. They're not going to be giving money back. No, they're, that's not, I'm not realistic. Not saying they would give it. money back, but they're going to play for almost free for the second half of the year. They've already been paid the money. So, but it, it, but as the year as this goes on and they're not playing, they're still getting. There's, I believe, they're still getting paid their contracts because those contracts are valid. Yeah, right now, yeah. yeah. So once so. you get to a certain point, you're going to be. Yeah. So hopefully, I just hope there isn't a pissing match that prevents anything from getting started. No, and you hope cooler heads will prevail. I haven't heard as much with that. Um, the other, the other league that will be, that is very gate revenue ne- necess- necessary, I guess, 
the NBA and like you said, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, they could care less. The NHL is the other one. Mm-hmm. And, and they're talking about the same thing. I guess they were talking about using like basically one facility and almost just running tournaments, one or two, you know, a couple of facilities in, in an area. But that's not going to work. So it would be several facilities, probably stadiums they already have control over. So I could see them using the Northeast, using uh, Boston Garden or whatever it's called now, Buffalo, you know, um, the New York ones, empty arenas that they already can. Again, they control the revenue. They control and they can use. So in a, in a local area, but it's it's a lot of unknowns right now. But yeah, we de- until until there's testing and so on and so forth. None of it, I guess, really matters in that sense. But um, I guess the only news other than MLS and NWSL pushed their date back again, which was not surprising by any stretch, is UEFA came out this week and said, if you want to play in Europe next year, it will be based on standings from ni- from the 2019-2020 season. So you can can if you even if you cancel your league, which the Dutch league you I believe did today, correct? Correct. They still have to use the 2019-20 standings in some capacity to determine who plays in the European competitions next year. And if they're not going to use that, it, it has to be something fair, equitable, and transparent. So essentially what UEFA's guidelines is, you need to use your standings in some way, shape, or form that is equitable and transparent for who's going to play in Europe next year. Um, be it points per game, they're encouraging any way to try and finish the season or using a playoff system to determine who gets to go into those slots. And, and you know, a lot of cards on the table right now to tr- just, it's almost like a big brainstorming session, but they've said they don't want leagues canceled unless they have it. Try to play the season out as much as you can, but for the 2020, the 19, the 2020, 20, 2021 Europe, Europa league champions league, it's going to be based on 1920 results. Fair, not fair. What do you, what's your take, Pat? Uh, they got to come up with some kind of way to do it. And I think that's probably the fairest, the fairest way. Um, it, it's the, the, uh, the, I had the playoff idea in my head that maybe in, in August, you know, the premier league would play a quick eight team playoff to, to get it's four champions league teams selected. Um, and I had that idea because it would benefit Arsenal because right now they're on the outside looking in and I wanted some way to get them into the champions league. So but are they, but are they? Are they are they on the outside looking in for a Champions League or outside looking in period? Uh, period. I mean, it's it's they're they're in they're one point back of Tottenham right now. I think in ninth, I could look, but the only I'm, benefit, look, I'm looking right now. I got it. The so only benefit to this, they're this they are a, in ninth. Yep. This they is are. A, go ahead. A phenomenal benefit is that if we go to a points per game, they have played one fewer game. Correct. And has Tottenham. And so, therefore, they would finish ahead of Tottenham in the standings. And we can sing the St. Totteringham's Day. It's happened again. It's happened again. Tottenham Hotspur, it's happened again. So, that, it, it, in all the bad, it, you know, with all the bad and all the negative and all the life just stopping thing, it's little things that make you happy. And I, I genuinely gained some that you got a little bit of happiness going here. 
Just just even thinking about that. One of my, and I'm not generally a person who, ex, like, I don't have the, what's the German word, Schoidenfraud or whatever? The, mm-hmm. the yeah. Schadenfreude. I, yeah, Schadenfreude. I don't have that um, a lot. Like, I'm not Chris. He, he feeds off that. Uh, but. Would Chris, the, be, would Chris survive without Schadenfreude? No. Okay. Uh, the day that uh, Newcastle beat Tottenham for nothing or whatever it was. And the goal swing happened and Arsenal finished ahead of Tottenham. This was the year that Leicester won and Tottenham finished third in a two horse race. Um, I was at the globe pub and the Arsenal match was on one screen and, and Tottenham was on the other screen playing, playing Newcastle and singing. It's happened again. That day was one of the happiest days of my football fandom. I was going to say of your soccer life. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was pretty incredible to, to have that, that happen. Cause you know, it just wasn't going to happen. And Tottenham found a way because that Tottenham, is... Tottenham always yes. finds a way, mm-hmm. it, you know, and I'm looking at the table right now, just, I, I feel like because I can, and it's, it's amazing to look at this and see that, Tottenham goes out and picks up Jose and gets Ars- worse. Yeah, and gets worse. And Arsenal, for all the crap that they went through in the first, they're on the way up. It's, I, it's just it's as, yeah. it's as if life it's as if life is re- maybe we were returning to a norm that's that our Spurs finished behind Arsenal. You know that we get back to the the way life has been is for forever as far as we knew right the jose ruining a team thing happened way ahead of schedule and was in full swing when the shutdown happened so um and and Mikel arteta was doing a pretty decent job and i mean not obviously great they got bounced from europa league by olympiacos but uh it, it's doing an okay job better than better than what um you saw you, had done yeah i guess you you looked at arsenal and you saw hope a little bit a, yeah. A scary thing, which is a scary thing as an Arsenal fan and you being, uh, you know, and living in Chicago and anybody's a Bears fan, when you get hope, it just becomes a sick thing. Yeah, it, it ruins you way more than like. Sure. If you're if you're of a mindset that your team is already failing, then everything's like, great. And yeah, if you're, if, you're a Lion, if you're a Lions fan, you're used to that. If, yeah. you, if you let yourself believe for even a second that your team is good. Even Liverpool fans can tell you that now. Uh, things get taken away from you pretty quickly. So, <laughs> is there any way possible that they lose the Premier League when they when this is all said and done? If they stopped the season right now and they vacated the title, it would be hilarious. <laughs> if if, if I lived in, but if I lived in England, I'd be afraid. Yeah, it, but they totally deserve it. Like they, there's. They're yes, they were 20, stumbling, but twenty-five points. They, they, they they're stumbling. They're stumbling because they stumbled out of Europe. They crashed out of the FA Cup, obviously. But in league play, they had lost once. Even in the last five, City had lost twice. So they, they were still going up in the standings. I mean, 27, I 27 think... one draw, one loss, a plus forty-five goal differential. Yeah. 
we I know we talked about this many shows ago, but it's like I know and I know you're not a Liverpool fan and I don't have a horse in the Premier League to really care about, but it's like if nothing just give them the damn title. I get vacating if you had two teams tied like the the Air Device did with uh in I think they I think they were down to goal differential. I get yeah. vacating or I would have made co champions, but you can't in this case. This is a they, pretty clear cut. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see vacating it in Germany and just saying, you know what? Nobody gets it because it's I, close. I'm so glad they got that loss before this happened, though, because if they would have staked any kind of claim at being invincible, having played a 29 game season, I I would have lost my shit. But this is uh, they are. I think they only need five points so they could start the season and immediately win the title if if the if they won and City lost and there was a six sure. point swing so they're right there it's and and hopefully you know and and I know I'm gonna get way ahead of ourselves here because obviously we have no idea when anything if when whatever's gonna start but it's gonna be weird just like you don't have any idea what's gonna happen who's gonna be informed who's gonna be ready. And I get it. You're going to have a few week build up before any games are played, but even still, it's a whole lot of unknown going to be happening, and then mm-hmm. makes it kind of interesting in that sense. And, and like I said, it's way ahead of ourselves. I mean, right now, the key is be safe, follow the guidelines of the health department, so on and so forth. But it's kind of fun at sometimes to just escape reality and go. When this starts and it's behind closed doors, who's going to be in form? Who's going to be in shape? Who's doing what? It's kind yeah, of a lot of fun questions. It's it's I think that there's a this idea that to even talk about it sometimes is selfish because there's you know people who are dying or sick or whatever. Sure. We understand that. Like that's you it's if you only focus on that, you're gonna make you're gonna drive yourself crazy. You've gotta focus on things like what's gonna happen when this is over and and what to to look forward to things and to wonder about things. It's it's part of yeah. life. So I, I, you know, you know, and I think, I think you're, it's a, it's a deeper, it's a big psychological, but you, I agree. You have to look forward to something. You have to have something you're building towards to keep motivated in a time when there really isn't a lot to move the needle. I mean, there's only so much FIFA you can play before you're bored with it. I'd say there's only so much football manager you can play before you're bored with it, but I still don't have that working just to, you know, for a good laugh out of that. I now the 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 point the the caveat to that pad is I haven't tr- I quit trying a long time ago. I just I'm like whatever. It didn't happen. Maybe if I try it on my compute my PC versus my tablet it'll work, but I just I I kind of give up. I just I don't I'm care right now. Tell you right now you don't have the time you need to play that game. Is this coming at is this a senior editor lashing out at at the the Red Stars no. editor who just can't who just No. This is parent. <laughs> this is, I'm telling you that it, it requires us time and focus and I don't think you have enough of that to give to a video game right now. I know I don't. So I'm pretty I'm pretty sure yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't then. If if it takes time and focus, I know I don't have that. I I have enough time to go throw a game of FIFA or two in here and there, but that's about it. So um I guess well we we're going along the last thing I did want to cover tonight and um, is so U.S. for those who aren't paying attention, U.S. Soccer decided they were going to do a bracket of 
the top uniforms and I'm um for looks like 16 teams they 16 jerseys they started with and we're down to the final four pat i know you haven't really paid much attention to it so i'm going to kind of walk through some of them okay and i'll read you the result and i'll let you kind of determine you know we can throw some feedback in and if you go to u.s soccer's twitter feed um at you was it at u.s soccer you'll get you'll get to see it so um the and the the right now the final four for those who aren't watching is it's the 2017 Gold Gold Cup home, which is the red and blue stripes. It's going against the 2020 away, the States jersey, the blue, navy blue abstract jersey. Would that be a good way to describe it, Pat? Kind of. Mm, it's kind of like a shape it's a outline. Nice, it's a nice way of describing it, yes. The Waldo, which is, of course, going to win. And then, and that's going against the... What is it? The the twenty the twenty twenty nineteen women's four star sh- jersey, which is kind of a throwback to the the ninety nine women's jersey. So I feel like that side of the bracket is a lot more loaded than the, the other side. So one get, of these things is not like the other. Correct. Of those. So four. the twenty seventeen Gold Cup jersey beat the two thousand two home, and it beat the the Centennial. Which the cent and the Centennial beat the 2007 Copa jersey, which is the the royal one with the white pinstripes. A lot of people like that one. I never really liked that one, but I, I love I, the Centennial. I, the Centennial is my all time favorite. Okay, and and I the Centennial is quality in its simplicity. It was a quality mm-hmm. jersey. The 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 2007 Copa jersey I have because I got it from a as a gift, but it was kind of unique. It was kind of cool in that mm-hmm. sense, but yeah, nothing outstanding. But the out of that group, uh, that that group of four. The centennial would it be fair, safe to say would have been would have been our choice. Yeah, I mean, I like the gold cup jersey, ex- for, except for two reasons. One, um, it was only used in a gold cup, and two, uh, it had those stars on the top that made it look like something evil Knievel would wear. Oh, um, I forgot about those. Was, I forgot was, about those. Yeah. yeah, if it was just the red and blue stripes, the hoops, I would think that's pretty cool. But and then it pissed me off because they only released that Jersey in an authentic. They did not do a, uh, replica fan cut of it. So, um, for that and, reason, and I would, you and I, and you and I need a fan cut. We definitely yeah, I'm not, don't. I we don't do a replica. I, I saw this on Twitter like 10 years ago and I steal, I've stolen it and made it my own since then. I don't need laser cut holes to stand around and drink beer in a parking lot. Well, there's that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the bottom half of that bracket was the 2010 away, which is the navy with the white with the white sash that was worn in the World Cup that year. That went against the 2019 away, the 2019 away, and the 2019 away one, which is that red. Somehow, yeah, the, the jersey was garbage. Um, and then that was, and the other side, it was the 2008 home, and that went up against the 2020 the away the states jersey. That was the, the women's home. Yeah, that was that was okay. I guess it was both of those. That's that's a that's stall garbage. I would I would out of that bracket the way it's set up I would take the uh, the blue with the white sash from 2010. But um, I probably would have dropped down the centennial or something. You know. Yeah, the, I'm looking. I'm looking at the 2008 women's jersey, and it's not bad. It, I. I that was kind of a really bad bracket, but yeah, of those, I would have, I would agree. The 2010 meant uh, the the navy with the white sash would have been my choice as well. 
But that really is just a bad fork. I don't know how they selected that. And oh, by the way, and we'll, and we'll get to the, I'm going to say this now because it, even though it would probably come up at the end, none of the 94 jerseys, like neither the denim or the bacon jersey are in this one. Well, that's because they were Adidas. Fair. Yeah, they're Fair. not going to be in this. Um, but they, but, well, yeah, that's true. Because, um, but they, yeah, because they didn't, um, but they also didn't put those powder blue shoulder ones in. I can't imagine why either. Oh, yeah, they sucked. So, we'll move on. Now we get to the, probably, I think that we're going to call this one the bracket of death. Because it had the, this one started, yeah, the 2011 Away Indivisible, which is the red with the navy sash. The 2020 Home, which I think is a solid jersey. The Waldo and the 99 Away, which is a red jersey. So out of that bracket, the Waldo is the one standing. Um, it, it defeated the 99 away, and then it's defeated the 2020 home. But this one, couldn't you put a couple of those on the other side just because at least you have some quality here? Absolutely. Um, the the 2011 uh, sash jersey was a very good one. I believe you wore it to the uh, U.S.-Mexico game in San Antonio, if I remember correctly. Correct, and I've since, I've since get, given that one to Mike to my buddy Michael Bozio, who was on one of the earlier show, one of my referee show, but yet I donated it to him because he did not have a U.S. soccer jersey, and I needed to clean out some of my closets, so I gave him that one. Now, my personal favorite of those three sash jerseys is the white with the faint blue sash, and that's only because Landon scored in that jersey. I think is, is, is it blue or is it is it white on white, like an off white, like a dark gray almost? It's it might have a slight blue tint. It's a very hard to see sash. Sure. Uh, the yeah. best one is probably objectively the red one, and it lost to the women's 2020 home, which is a very well. It's a 2020 home period. I think the men yeah. are wearing that as well. Oh, it's the men one. It's the men's one too. I, I like that jersey. It sounds. Um, it's it's yeah. decent. I, I I I don't like the blue one I, of the two I, of the two okay. current ones. I would much Correct. rather see the white one, but um, but here we are. So. And then, and then, the, but to me, the the best in this one is the Waldo, and that, to me, that the Waldo is that is to, still that to me is the signature jersey of the. So when we get to the final four, as I've said, I already picked the Waldo, so we're done there. Um, and the last bracket, let me see if I can get this one up because I'm. The, it's my, the, me, I've got it here, TJ. It's the uh, the bomb pop. It's bomb from pop. 20, 2014. Yep. That one defeated the O three home. Correct. Um, and then the don't tread on me kit lost to the 2019 home uh four-star kit i think that's probably just because uh the women won a world cup and the men played one game in that don't tread on me jersey it's one of the most coveted ones online and i sold mine for a good amount of money but um god i can remember 10 or 15 years ago bidding on it on ebay so i think it was probably about 2010 it was about 200 dollars and it jumped to and so the snipers at the end jumped it over $400 yep. in the yep. last five. But I'm like, I was winning at $200. I'm like, dang, I might get it. Even at $200, I was, I was excited. And then um, <laughs> it jumps I, to $400. I went to, Nike, I went to Nike Town on Michigan Avenue and bought it the day it was released. And they they were gone then. Like, they only had a handful. So sure. um, it is a obviously rare jersey. But, but the winner of that bracket, uh, the... Women's national team white jersey defeated the bomb pop. I think probably because of what they did in the jersey more than the bomb pop. 
while I don't love it, it is it does have character. So it, um, it has it has character, and and I there were there was quite a few responses that thought that one was going to win them. I wasn't a soul because that's one I really liked initially, but as time has gone on, I've looked at it and kind of gone, eh, not as yeah. much. It's so, I, I don't know yeah. why. So the uh, the the gold cup will face the blob twenty twenty away jersey, and then in the other semifinal, the uh, two thousand nineteen women's four star kit will face. Um, I guess they did. I said earlier they they won in the four star. They didn't technically win. They put a fourth star on that kit. So that no, makes they won sense. in that one. They won well, they, it's one. the same kit, but to be a four-star kit, sure they is, had to win it. They yeah. had to put it on yeah. after. Yeah, but it, um, it, it the bracket they're ongoing right now. They're open for about yeah. another thirteen hours. So if you listen to this tomorrow, might be six or seven hours left. There'll be a few hours left to vote in it. So that that's ongoing with U.S. Soccer. So I guess in the in the face of things of like you can only pick three or rank. It's kind of a fun way to do this, I guess. I you know one I, of the I don't better- like the way this was seeded. No, but I think the Waldo would have won in any seating, and I'll be surprised if it doesn't. But um, if if the 2020 away states jersey somehow defeats the Waldo um, after defeating the the Gold Cup, if that happens, I will put no faith in this because something happened bad online. But uh, the Waldo is a is a pretty great shirt, and it really I, I remember Chris being the first person to say this which is surprising because he doesn't say a lot of smart things, but uh, he went, he wanted from the get go to make that the defining look like the, that is what our home Jersey looks like, like yellow for Brazil or white for England. He wanted to make that Jersey, what the U S uh, wore all the time. And I've seen mock-ups recently of, of putting the new crest on that jersey or putting the centennial crest on that jersey just different versions of that and it does work i mean it it is a it is a it's a look well sure and i mean and you go go right down the line go to liver like you you mentioned brazil argentina germany Mm -hmm. you can take those and you can tweak them here there whatever but the base of the red and white stripes would remain the same and i i i agree it's one of the rare smart rational thoughts Chris has had in the years I've known him. But yeah, I, I agree. This should be a permanent Jersey of, of one. The only, the only challenge for me at that point is what becomes the other. Cause I feel like the, the solid white is the permanent one. And then the other one messes is. So does that replace solid white? And that becomes kind of maybe why they didn't do it or just because Nike likes to do dumb things, take your pick, but there was there was one issue with that jersey, and that was that they had to make it in a version that didn't have boxes on it for numbers, and they had to make it in one that did. So you could buy a if you wanted numbers on that jersey, front and back, you had to buy an authentic. Sure. Uh, if you didn't, you could get that jersey with with the box no like the the red lines went through, so there was no box for a number, and that made things a little complicated. So maybe. I could, Maybe that's something that Nike didn't like, but um, as a look on the field, I think it's one of the all-time best, if not the best. Absolutely, and and you you know what? Now that I'm looking at the one I have, because I do have one of those, and yeah, that's 100% right. Is mine 
being the replica, it doesn't have the box for mm-hmm. numbers on the front or back. And I guess that would matter. It, it kind of makes it weird. But you know what? They could figure it out. You know, they're, they're teams that wear hoops all the time. And somehow yeah, they, I mean, they like, make it work. A lot of teams don't have the hoops go through to the backside. Or they'll have the hoops go through to... They'll, they'll stop at the seam under the arm. You know, like there's... Or they'll have it just go on the bottom or... Uh, there are ways, yeah, Celtic has been wearing hoops for some time and it's worked out for them, so. Sure, and it, Queen, Queen's Park Rangers has. And it, mm-hmm. I mean, there's ways you can do it. You can make the, the red thicker. You can make it thinner, you know. what? You can change some of that, too. Like I said, for me, I feel like the only reason why they didn't is because the solid white is kind of the thing. And although I don't think I, there's enough countries that do it, I think you can get away with it, but... Yeah, so there, there's that ongoing. Um, I don't know. So, is there what else is going on? Is there anything else we really need to get into tonight, or are we kind of we kind of covered every, anything that's of relevance to us in the soccer world at this point? I will say super quick. Sure. Uh, if you have not check out the uh, thing that Forward Madison did with Eric Winalda and Jesse Marsh and okay. their head coach Daryl Shore. Uh, for Fire fans, it's cool because you have three members of the 2001 fire. Daryl Shore was an assistant coach. And then obviously that was when all year with the fire and Jesse was there for a long time. Um, but to hear, if you're a coaching nerd, Jesse Marsh talks about the differences in, in youth coaching philosophies between Germany and, and Austria versus the United States. He, he talks about soccer culture. Uh, when kind of opens up about where he was mentally Um at the end of his career and then why he chose to do TV for so long and, and why his, his mental state now is allowing him to, to coach. Um, and it has a lot to do with being torn and trying to be a better dad and be there for his kids. And uh, there's some funny stories in there about Bob Bradley getting kicked in the head by Peter Novak. Um, there's mention of the Highbury pub. Uh, it's a great hour. It's really interesting. And it made me realize that, that when all is a super interesting guy i've always thought he was and he's obviously not afraid to say what he thinks jesse marsh is brilliant like and and funny and cares like it's a great great thing to watch so much better than this crap podcast that you have just made it to the end of like you need to go check this out so it's on the forward madison website wow nice to, mm-hmm. nice to nice to hit me with the bus on that one with our crap podcast here but i'm a, i'm just as much a part of it as you so uh, you are, and I and I appreciate it, I, and I always do. As much as I give you a hard time for it here and there, I do appreciate you that you're doing this. But I feel like at some at some level, this is if you're listening and you've made it this far, you definitely need therapy, and hopefully we've provided a little bit of that, a little bit of levity, a little bit of humor. So it's kind of all I feel like we're going for these days. So um, it's a Mini Van Dad Soccer Pod um, at Mini Van Dad Pod on Twitter and, if, and all that stuff. I don't really, I'm not going to go into it. Um, definitely though. Go check out Hot Time in Old Town. Pat's got some amazing stuff up there. Uh, I've got I had my interview with Kayla Sharples finally finally got posted. Um, man, I've got to get I got to just grind again. You're talking about that at the beginning. Got to grind those out. It's but <laughs> it's you know hard. what? Hmm. You make it work when you can. Yeah. They're going to have a so, jersey next week. The Red Stars are going to have their new uh, away jersey next week. They are they they are and they have their their faux tailgate party tomorrow, which will be interesting, which will be, be fun. fun. Yeah. It'll be fun. Um I think it I think it's great that they're doing so they're doing so much to engage with the community. I I really do. And yeah, uh, my Phoenix 
I think it was about a week ago I posted that I had been sitting on the fence was I going to buy the Phoenix Rising um, Copper Copper State Pride jersey or hold off for the Red Stars jersey. I just decided, screw it, I'm getting both. And my Phoenix Rising jersey came today, and um, if the Red Stars jersey follows suit with what they've done in the past, they're going to get my money because I, I very – I think they've only missed once or twice and it hasn't been, you know, so I'm looking forward to seeing that next week as well. So that's on the 30th at seven o'clock, I believe. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, Pat, anything else or are we good for the night? I think we've covered it, TJ. I think we have. And on that note, you're to, to quote the great Chris, you're done. Lean on me. <laughs>